0: It's time for The Steelman and Thune at Noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma, Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune.
1: One day away from the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, the Sooners and the Oregon Ducks. Welcome in everybody on your Tuesday. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network first hour. As always, brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, and it's good to have you with us. And uh, Parker, you'll be heading to San Antonio after the show today. You ready for
2: your road trip, man? I did not realize it was that long a drive, Mike. I was mapping it out seven hours before we got on the air. With traffic, yeah, probably seven hours. Like, man, I could drive home that quickly. Yeah, that's like that's like my
1: barometer. Anything you'll get an hour or so on the Riverwalk. The uh, the Riverwalk, which inspired, uh, you know, the Breaktown area in Oklahoma
2: City with the uh, canal. That's kind of my barometer for long drives, though. Is you know, driving back home to Omaha, like for the holidays, that will take between six and a half and seven hours. Anything, that's, shorter that's than that, mm-hmm. anything shorter than that, I consider to be a manage- manageable drive. Anything longer than that, I'm like, good gracious. So you're pushing the boundaries is what you're saying. <laughs> Very much your so. Your limits. But it's not
1: like, I guess you could split it up. I mean, the game kicks at 8.15 if you wanted to do like four hours and then uh, stop at Motel <laughs> 6 or whatever and they'll leave the light on
2: for you. Oh, believe me. I i have not stayed at a Motel 6 in years and years and years. Hope Tom Bodette's
1: still around, by the way. He used to do the spots for them.
2: I don't a know. A long
1: still... time ago. Probably way before your time. Are you excited uh, for the matchup?
2: I, I'm excited. I don't think... Look... I think the storylines surrounding the game are a lot more exciting than the game itself just because – And there are two storylines. There are. Bob Stoops and Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams.
1: And whether or not Oregon's going to be able to field a team, and they're still there. They were doing press conferences today. So unless something drastically changes, we're going to be
2: playing football tomorrow night at 815. I mean, look, this is – it's the Alamo Bowl, right? This is not a game we're going to remember – a decade from now for anything else beyond Bob Stoops' final game and the game that potentially helped deter – well, the game that could potentially be Caleb Williams' final game in a Sooner uniform, obviously. I, I've i said it repeatedly. I do expect that he'll be back in an OU uniform in 2022, but that's no guarantee, right? And so I think this is what we're going to remember this game for more than anything else is Caleb Williams and Bob Stoops.
1: I think we were reminded a little bit the other day that even though most of us think that Caleb Williams is coming back to be the quarterback for the Sooners uh, next year, that it's not a done deal. And Marvin Mims saying what he said, well, I want to come back, which clearly was in you know parentheses waiting on Caleb Williams to decide, I want to come back. So, Bingo. There's a that, reason Marvin that, Mims did that didn't just straight up say, I'll be back. Did that remind us again that while we think Caleb Williams is coming back, he hasn't said that he's coming back. Yes. And I think Sooner fans, uh, would you say they're still confident about that decision that Caleb will come back or they did they get a little more nervous with what Marvin Mim said yesterday?
2: Well, I mean, look, I've, I've said for weeks and weeks, I was 70-30, And I think most recently I'm 75-25 on Caleb Williams staying versus going. I'm still right about there. And there's, there's there's legitimate reason to be a little bit uneasy, right? Especially when you hear Marvin Mims say something like that. But then again, it's nothing we didn't know already, right? Like, obviously, if we knew for a fact that Caleb Williams was coming back, we wouldn't have been perpetuating this conversation on the radio for the last four weeks. And so the harsh reality is that it is no guarantee that Caleb Williams is back in 2022. And I think <laughs> oh, it's just I, you get to a certain point and you're just ready for th- things to end, right? Like, you just want this all to be over, per- particularly as it pertains to Caleb Williams. And I feel like that's, that's where a lot of Sooner Nation is. You know, they're hoping he stays yeah. around, but one way or another, it's like they're the like, the just final, give me an answer, it's right? The
1: final, it's the final uh, act of the movie. You know, it begins with the nuclear bomb that was dropped on Norman by Muleshoe. And, uh, you know, the middle part of the movie, you get a. And it's like a Martin Scorsese movie. There's, it never ends. I mean, they're good and they're dramatic, but they never end. He never leaves anything on the cutting room floor. In the middle of the movie, you're thinking, there it is right there. Brent Venable's getting off the plane. Sooner fans are going crazy. That's the end of the. W- Wait, we're still going. Oh, okay. So the finale is the Caleb Williams decision. Will it be a happy ending, or will it be one of those movies that you're like, really? Did they just end the movie that way with Caleb Williams leaving? That that would not fare well with the focus group here in Norman, Oklahoma. I can tell you that. You know what? I, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit worried. I look at you right now. And you know what I see? What's that? Omicron. Oh no. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm great allergies you look a little congested you look like you might be having an issue over there no i haven't even had sniffles really listen i i got the shot okay so i if, saw you scratching he, your nose there
2: was no pick <laughs> there was no pick but i thought oh <laughs> oh man if if indeed i do have the omnicorn then gosh the uh whatever vaccine if you shot. you have I, it th- i'm not even worried about it you're vaccinated exactly. uh, you know what
1: we're not going to cancel a show because of this thing i'm past that Way past it. And I'm a proponent again of the vaccines. Had both of mine plus the booster, but some of this, I mean, a lot of this is just ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. It's
2: like <laughs> the fact that we're, he's got
1: a sniffle. Let's shut down everything. No. Well,
2: and the fact that we're canceling bowl games, Mike, based on, I mean, granted, there have been a whole lot of positive tests, right? But the vast majority of them are asymptomatic positive tests among players that are vaccinated. Yeah. So, why are we encouraging players to get the vaccine? I, you know, if-
1: it's – yeah, it's – they they at least they cut the days in half, right, for quarantining. But it's it's a little bit ridiculous. Actually, it's a lot bit ridiculous. All right. I thought Cale Gunn did a nice job yesterday up meeting the media. He was up there, and uh, it was Cale, it was uh, Kennedy Brooks, it was Jeremiah Hall – Tyrese Robinson, am I leaving? my uh, was that it, I think, yesterday? Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims, yes, Marvin Mims. How can I forget Marvin Mims? We just mentioned Marvin Mims. But Cale uh, had some good things to say. Uh, I, I can assure you that Cale Gundy is very excited, uh, of course, to coach with Bob Stoops right now for this game, but very excited to a future coaching for Brent Venables.
3: I'm going to make this comment now. We're going to win a bunch of damn football games with, with Brent Venables. At um, the University of Oklahoma the football is, is bigger than just one person. It really is. It's it is truly one of the most special um, Football programs ever in college football being around Brent and 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 everybody knows if you don't know Brent What you see on the sidelines and games. That's how he is as a person He has passion like that 24 hours a day. He has passion for his players he has passion for his, his uh, coaches. He has passion, passion, uh, passion for his coaches' families. Um, and he, he's going to pour everything in. That's how he is. And I've been around him. You know, I spent that one week traveling with him, and we were flying around all over the place as well. So I'm very excited for the future.
1: Yes, and I think Sooner fans are as well. It couldn't have gone any better after what happened for Oklahoma to get Brent Venables as the head coach. And I think also the icing on the cake, Jeff Lebby as offensive coordinator. But uh, tomorrow night, it's all about Bob Stoops. It's all about Bob Stoops, the interim head coach, trying to get a little bit of revenge for that uh, hose job Oklahoma got in the uh, Oregon game. Back in 2006, what was really weird about that, they played the Holiday Bowl,
3: you yes. know, right before, yes. and that was
1: uh, Red Mar. Clint Ingram had the game-sealing interception for Oklahoma, and uh, the Sooners won that game, and uh, then they had to go to Eugene, and they got ran into Gordon Reese and, and the Three Stooges officiating crew out there, and lost the game to the Ducks. But uh, maybe a little bit of revenge. But Kale was also asked yesterday at the presser if this game is kind of a special send-off maybe for Bob Stoops.
3: I don't know if we've really talked about it. Uh, I've thought about it, you know, obviously because it's, uh, you know, he's having a chance to come back and, and, and to lead our program again. Um, it, it's been very – and I've been close with Bob ever since. I mean, he lives less than a mile from me. Uh, so we have the opportunity to spend a lot of time together uh, away from, from football, um, still with, with, you know, my wife and, and his wife, Carol. Um, but it's been neat to have him around the office all day long. Uh, it, was, um, it was a special week that I had the opportunity to to fly around all over the country with him and, and go visit recruits in uh, our commits and going to homes and going to schools with Coach Stoops. Um, I was definitely um, – I, w- I had a celebrity with me. I mean, it was unbelievable, you know. And, and some of us sometimes we take things for granted, how special somebody is and in, in things that they've accomplished. Uh, but uh, everywhere I took him, I mean, it was definitely, I mean, the phone, the cameras are out and everybody's wanting to take pictures of him. And it was a, it was a neat deal. But it's, it's good to have him back out there. You know, and again, once you're a coach, you're always a coach. It's like riding a bike. It's not too hard. You know, you, you, you have your certain ways that you believe. And, um, you know, you, you, you don't ever change those things.
1: There you go. It's going to be very interesting. Bob uh, had a presser uh, that rapped about 30 minutes ago, and he was asking, I think it was Jason Kersey who asked him, uh, you know, if you win this, would you rather have the rock and roll tequila bath than the uh, Gatorade <laughs> bath? And he said, sure. Okay. What's the administration going to do? Fire me? So, yeah. <laughs> I think I, that would be think, nice.
2: Do you think you could get tipsy off a tequila bath? Um, Maybe. Yeah. You you think? I I don't know. I'm not a science person, but, like, could ingesting tequila via the skin be enough to get you tipsy?
1: Uh, I mean, if they also, that dump is an enough expensive on expensive bath. it is.
2: That is an expensive
1: bath. It is a very expensive bath, and uh, Bob's done a really good job promoting that brand. And the, the bottles are very cool. I'm not a big tequila guy because tequila, uh, you know, I basically... My head starts spinning like Linda Blair in the Exorcist, and I might uh, throw up the green pea soup, whatever it was. It gets pretty <laughs> ugly. Uh, it's very dangerous because in small doses, it is quite good, but in large doses, it is pure evil. Most people know that, though, so... Anyway. All right. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Lasher Home Comfort System, sponsoring our first hour here on the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. I'm Mike Steele. He, he's Parker Thum, And uh, you, I'm talking to you. You're our favorite listener. Air Comfort Solutions, text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405 405- Six five one at thirty four thirty nine. We have Brandon Rebar talking a little Thunder basketball about uh, the criticism of Russ in LA coming up at twelve thirty five. T J Eckert, K T U L sports director in Tulsa, coming up at one thirty five. All of your texts also coming up today here on a Tuesday. We're just getting warmed up. Keep it here.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
1: Ah, yes, welcome back. How are we doing, everybody? It is a Tuesday. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you here on the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Bowl Mania Contest, brought to you by Cavens Construction Group for facilities, maintenance, commercial remodeling, and carpet cleaning. Call Cavens today at 405-573-3048. That's 405 405- 573 48 Brandon Rebar on the way at 12:35 TJ Eckert at 135 your texts uh, throughout the program 405 651 39 give us a bold prediction for the game the Alamo Bowl game tomorrow night 405 651 39 give us your bold prediction for the Alamo Bowl uh, tomorrow night in San Antonio now Parker you better uh, you better be ready man could uh, it it might stretch past 7 hours I just got a text from my friend uh, Justin, the great GM over at Riverwind Casino. Okay. Huge, huge, gigantic Oklahoma fan. He and his wife left for the Alamo Bowl, and he just said, Better tell Parker if he's leaving after the show, be ready for a slowdown construction around Paul's Valley.
2: Yeah, that's what I figured.
1: And uh, yeah, so. That's what I, I figured. It shows bumper to bumper, so oh great,
2: okay. So I need you to, can maybe to you figure can do, out a
1: way to get around that. You can do some very slow drafting, like NASCAR, Rubbins Racing. Just don't go too fast and wreck anybody. But maybe you can I'm trying dra- to think. What's can the you, can you draft at like five or ten miles an hour? Probably I mean, I'm not. Sure you
2: can. I'm sure I'm sure it does you much good. But let's think here. 77 is that the best way to get around that? You think?
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's an alternative. That's a definite uh, alternative there. But uh, you'll get there.
2: Just get there. Oh, in I'll one get piece. there. Might be a minute, but I'll get there.
1: The good news is it's not like a rooster kickoff tomorrow. I mean, what's the opposite of a rooster kickoff? Is this like a vampire kickoff? What is it? I don't know. (laughs) A raccoon kickoff. Somebody who stays up really late. I mean, look, the old man, 815, you're pushing the limits of me possibly falling asleep before halftime. An owl kickoff. That's what it is. There you go. Owl kickoff. Now... I will be able to stay up because Shay always tells me if I'm half engaged in a show, you know, and you're kind of sitting there, maybe you're looking at social media or uh, a lot of times I'm thinking about things I need to do for this show or for the stream the next day. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe we're halfway, like, we're watching Breaking Bad for the second time around when we're not watching sports or something. Gotcha. And I'm kind of halfway paying attention to it, the real good episodes, like, uh, I'll, I'll, you know put the phone down for a little bit and watch more intently but um so if it's something I'm not totally invested in yeah the old man can fall asleep at a very surprising time it might even be 8:45 but it's sooner football tomorrow night so I'll be wide awake during the entire ball game I don't think there's any doubt about it I'll make it don't you worry don't you worry I will make it through so um how important is – I mean, look, I'm hearing Herm Edwards in my ear right now. Hello, you play to win the game. But are Sooner fans going to be, like, devastated if they don't beat Oregon tomorrow night? What do you think – I mean, what is the importance of the dub here for OU fans? I mean, it's, obviously it's always important, but there are certain games like Bedlam was a crusher, right? Absolutely. Baylor was a crusher and social media was set ablaze by Oklahoma fans. Uh, will it be that way tomorrow night if they lose to Oregon?
2: Well, you know the noise on social media from the pessimistic contingent is gonna be why would why would Caleb Williams stick around to play for a program? It's always that couldn't gonna even...
1: be yeah, that very small percentage of fans that are just they're unhappy with everything though, right? Or negative about everything. But I'm talking about, you know, the general fan base, uh, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, the W means what in this game?
2: I don't think it'll be too devastating if Oklahoma loses just because with everything that's transpired over the course of this season – you know, you can't, nobody is staking their life savings on Oklahoma winning in the Alamo
1: Bowl. This is like five seasons packed into one Legit, this year, right? That's what it's I mean, it's, like. I mean, it's been crazy. It Absolutely has now been, insane.
2: It has now been one month to the day since Muleshoe left. Has
1: it been and a the, month
2: already? Well, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, the last month feels like an entire year.
1: I'm still it in the anger like stage, an man. Year. I'm still in the anger stage. I, just when I think I'm out, it pulls me back in. Godfather 3. I'm trying to get out of that stage, but I can't. I just can't do it yet. All right, so 8.15 tomorrow night. We'll have the best coverage for you right here on the Ref Radio Network. You've got, I mean, so many of the guys. Plank had to leave. Uh, You're leaving right after the show. Plank, Plank's such a champion, man. That guy, I'm telling you, he could be taking a flight somewhere overseas and he'd still be doing his radio show. And he's so good at it, but... That's, that's a lot of talent headed down to San Antonio. And uh, I heard Blake talking about T-Rose driving. Not like old man, but he won't break the speed limit, or get, I guess, or he's very careful. But he's also, he, you know what he's doing? He's pacing himself. That's what Toby Rowland does. He's solid in everything he does. I mean, he's really good, too, but you know what I'm saying. Toby's the guy that doesn't want to get, you know, he gets very upset if there's too much negativity going on. We should all be a lot more like that. TJ was like, yeah, Toby was kind of having a rough morning because people were really, you know, and it was talking about, Uh you know, the Lincoln-Riley and that week and everything. He just doesn't deal well in that kind of environment, and that's the way most people should be. But you know what social media has done, and I'm going to sound really old here because I am. It's created... It's a cesspool. It's what it is. You ever jumped in a cesspool before? Deep end, shallow end?
2: I have never jumped in a cesspool, no. So I I would hope there will never come a point in time at which I am compelled to jump into a cesspool. I saw
1: you guys on the Twitter space last night. That's become a therapeutic kind of place. That is a social.
2: There are certain
1: areas of social media where there's some positive things happening.
2: You know, here's the difference, and here's the key distinction. This is why I like. Twitter spaces as opposed to just regular Twitter because it's a lot more difficult, Mike, to say stuff with your own voice than it is to type. You know, if somebody has a really offensive or negative thought, mm-hmm. right, it's super easy to hide behind a, uh, a Twitter account with a bunch of numbers in the handle and a generic logo as your profile picture. I'm and Bill OU for life 2477. Exactly. It's a lot easier to just punch whatever thoughts and opinions you have into the tweet box and hit tweet than it is to get on there with the tw- on the Twitter space and use your own voice to say those things.
1: Because you can be, I mean, it takes a while to get super ratioed. Like Lincoln Riley has been super ratioed. And of course, he's laughing all the way to the bank. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care, he doesn't care about people. He doesn't care. Yeah, he does. But uh, the the USC people is who he cares about. But you know what I'm saying? It, it You are going to face the backlash immediately, and you're going to hear it, and not just see it. All right, real quick. I tell you what I'm excited about also is uh, Saturday. There's this big game in uh, Phoenix the Fiesta Bowl, the first ever meeting between Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. The Cowboys, number nine, number nine, number nine. And. Uh, Notre Dame, number five in the country, first time they've ever met. Let's hear from Mike Gundy. He's excited about the matchup, but man, he is—he's talked up this team and the way this team's improved all year long. And Gundy said uh, at the presser yesterday, "Man, he is going to miss this football team.
3: This is a special group. You guys that have followed with us all along. You know, we started out uh, this season and." uh i mean I, i'm not on social media but i'm gonna guess people thought they'll be lucky to win five or six games and uh we came along and they've gotten better and better what what's so special about this group is they're they're really good kids they're, they're quality young men that do what we ask them to do they work hard and that's a fun thing you know it's like raising kids uh nothing's ever perfect but if if we all work together we listen we learn and we get better and better in this group i'm gonna miss these guys it's uh, you know and it's been tough over the last few weeks to not have jim knowles here uh in his own way you know he's um you know a part of this and it's been tough to not listen to him out at practice complaining about what's going on but um it, it'll be tough to let this this group go
1: mike gundy and the cowboys two and a half point underdogs to notre dame in that matchup saturday that's a noon kickoff in the fiesta bowl a noon kickoff coming up on saturday On uh, ESPN, the uh, new coach of the Fighting Irish, I mean, uh, we found somebody who's maybe more evil than Lincoln Riley or Muleshoe, Brian Kelly, and uh, did they ever tweet another video of him with the recruit? I think that was No, I think that was one and done. They were like... They took the hint. Well, Brian, uh, the reaction wasn't too good to your dancing, man, so... um, We're just going to do a still picture of you and the recruits from now on, all right? Nothing against your dance moves. I thought they were fine, but you got ratioed, okay? And he did. Yes, he did. That was not good. All right, uh, Marcus Freeman is the uh, new head coach of the Irish. Uh, Mike Gundy said they haven't decided who's going to be making the defensive play calls in this game yet. They don't have a lot of time to make that decision, but... They don't know just yet with Jim Knowles uh, obviously leaving for the Ohio State University in that job as defensive coordinator. Anyway, here is uh, new Notre Dame coach Marcus Freeman uh, talking about the Oklahoma State defense.
0: Well, you know, I was on the plane for about four hours and tried to watch as much film as I could. um, And I'm so impressed with how hard they play from every position, but especially their front four. They play extremely hard, they're relentless, um, and they 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 tackle and they pursue to the ball well, and so it's going to be a huge challenge, and the challenge isn't going to be schematically, it's going to be to the match their intensity and their uh, the the physicality they play with.
1: There you go, Notre Dame again at two and a half point favorite. We have bowl games happening right now, Houston and Auburn are playing in the uh, Birmingham Bowl right now, and uh, Dana Holgerson of the Cougars lead Auburn 10-3 to three in the second quarter, it's uh, About 30 seconds left before uh, halftime in that game in Birmingham. Coming up at 2.15 today, Air Force and Louisville in the first responder bowl in uh, Dallas. How about Mike Leach and Texas Tech taking on – or Mike Leach and Mississippi State. I was about to say, hold up. uh, Taking on his old team, Texas Tech. 5.45 5.45 on ESPN. Leach still saying, they owe me money. I mean, that could be interesting. 5.45, Liberty Bowl in Memphis, UCLA, and North Carolina State. Great Final Four matchup in uh, 1973, I believe it was, when NC State won. In that overtime game against UCLA. But uh, this is football we're talking about. Uh, that is a Fox game in the Holiday Bowl tonight at 7 o'clock. And then we have West Virginia and Minnesota And the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix at 9-15 on ESPN. So, five bowl games, including one that just went to half with Houston leading Auburn 10-3 in the Birmingham Bowl. All right, we will break right here. We have Brandon Rebar coming up. Thunder playing tonight. Ogilvy City at Sacramento, 9 o'clock. Valley Sports, Oklahoma to Thunder with four guys out in the protocol. Jeremiah Robinson, Earl Poku, Darius Baisley, and Trey Mann all are out tonight. We'll talk to Brandon about that. And some old Russell Westbrook audio. We'll also play for Brandon. I think you'll enjoy. Keep it here.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
1: Oh, yes. Don't stop believing, Thunder fans. You can still keep tanking and uh, get one of those top draft picks. So, uh, you know, we're not talking about victories here. We're talking about competitive losses. That is the goal for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what we're talking about, right? You can't win too many games. Is it not a completely bizarre world that we live in these days? I mean, we're canceling games left and right for the Snipples now. I mean, it's total chaos. The Thunder, you want them to be good, but you don't want them to be too good. You got a coach leaving Oklahoma for Southern Cal? I mean, come on. It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. People are fighting on airlines again. I saw some crazy... It's
2: just like <laughs> That's one is, of the things you can count on around the holidays. Shay and I looked at each People fighting on airlines.
1: You know, yeah. And we're looking like, what kind of world are we living in now? I mean, you had like a... Ollie versus Foreman fight going on in the middle of the aisleway on one of the airlines. It's just crazy. People are people are crazy. All right, uh, but he's completely sane, and he knows Thunder basketball. He is Brandon dot DailyThunder.com. Brandon, hope you had a good Christmas. How was everything?
4: It was great, yeah. Kiddos no, really were happy.
1: You delivered?
4: Yeah. Yep, yep. Santa came, got them what they wanted. Uh, yeah, Santa got me what I wanted. So, yeah, it was good. How was yours, Mike?
1: Good, really good, and, uh, you know, uh, can't complain at all. And, I, you know, now New Year's Eve is coming up next, and you need to roll out to Riverwind, by the way. We're going to tell you more about that, the red carpet rollout. Why you need to be there? Because there's $100,000 in cash and bonus play, and I'll tell you more here in a little bit. All right, what are you liking right now to the Thunder, and what are you not liking out of OKC?
4: Well, what I'm liking is Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. He just won NBA Western Conference Player of the Week which is incredible, you know, considering coming into the season, this is supposed to be a tanking team. Uh, Shea averaged 27.5 points, 7 assists, 6.3 rebounds for the week of Christmas, and the Thunder have won four of five games. You know, before I came on, I heard you talking about competitive tanking.
2: The Thunder might be a little bit
4: too good at uh, at this competitive part and not good enough at the tanking part.
2: Now, I remember last week, Brandon, I asked you, uh, is this team, like, at what point in the season does this team, like, actually start tanking? At what point do they decide, no, we're going to make a playoff run? And I remember you saying, hey, they're not going to make the playoffs. And look, I, the safe money is still there for the moment, but they keep winning games somehow <laughs> by one, by hook or by crook. They keep winning basketball games, and currently they're twelfth in the Western Conference. I believe a game and a half out of the play-in tournament. So, uh, I ask you like, has anything changed in the last week as far as your perspective on this team and where they could be at season's end?
4: Yeah, you're exactly right. I actually thought about that before I came on. How I had told you, there's no way they're making the playoffs, and I'm looking at all the standings. Like you said, they're one and a half out of the play-in. They're three games from being, you know, a bottom three. Uh, record and having you know those top four odds you want the, the bottom three records get the 52.1 percent odds so right now they are closer to the play-in than getting the best odds for a lottery pick but no i, I think that the plan is still in place but the problem is <laughs> shake just alexander is really good he keeps hitting these these buzzer beating game winning game tying shots he, his scoring has been phenomenal, and then Josh Getty has been really, really good, even when Josh Getty doesn't score a single point, only the second time in nBA history, a double double without a single point scored, and that was Josh Getty the last time it happened it was in nineteen seventy one so you know he affects the game uh, even when he's not scoring Lou dort has been great so those three guys, especially that when you add in some you know really nice role players like Kenrich Williams and Mike Moscala on any given night. The Thunder can, you know, beat almost anybody, and I don't think anybody expected that. But that's kind of been, you know, the calling card for this Thunder team. Last year, they exceeded expectations until they shut Shea and Horford down. Year before that was the Chris Paul year. They they by far exceeded expectations. The famous 0.2 percent chance to make the playoffs, and they were the five seed, one game away from going to round two. So uh, I do think I'm standing by the fact that you know they prefer top. Five draft pick, but man, they are they are edging close and closer and closer to that play in. They may not have to worry about it though. If the Clippers get a lottery pick as well.
1: Brandon Rabar is our guest, DailyThunder.com here on Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Uh, I like what I, you know. Aaron Wiggins had a breakout game. I, we've seen great stuff from JRE. You talked about what Josh Giddy did, only the second player in NBA history. The other being Norman Norm Van Leer, the Bulls. Uh, To have a double double with zero points. And then uh, Trey Mann, I know he's not, uh, he's in protocol right now, but again, I think he's done a lot of good things. So this rookie class looking pretty good for Oklahoma City, which is very encouraging. Uh, I want to talk though about one of your man crushes, uh, Russell Westbrook. Now, you defend right. Russ a lot. Now, Russ had the 4-for-20 game. Everybody was talking about the loss to the Nets, and it was Russ out of control. People have been dogging him like crazy. Russ had a comment you know, yesterday where he said, I'm not the problem, man. Everybody expects me to go out there and score 25 with – 15 rebounds and 15 assists, and that's just not realistic. And I don't think that's what people are talking about. They're talking about Russ, again, not turning the ball over and playing under control. I want to play this clip. This was Russ, because he's been dogged by this for so long. This was Russ in 2016. I found this. He did an interview with a guy called Graham Bensinger. And uh, it, this guy, you know, I, he hadn't been around any media situations with Russ because he was asking questions, and Russ was kind of looking at him like, really? Uh, but this is from 2016, and this was Russ answering these kind of questions in 2016.
2: The most biting, like, quote I, I read that was written –
3: about you in a national column, was uh, Durant, uh, a scorer so unguardable, he can be stopped by only one man, Westbrook. Right. Instead of consistently chauffeuring Durant to his most unstoppable spots, Westbrook too often chooses to NASCAR his way to where he can be the biggest star.
2: But Your reaction to, like, criticism like that? No reaction. I don't, because it doesn't make any sense. Uh I don't, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't see uh, that I don't pay attention to, and a lot of it's
0: really nonsense, because um, if you kind of watch our games and kind of see how everything goes, then you will kind of know more than anybody can write about it. But, you know, anything that that goes on between myself and Kevin and our team, we
2: communicated with each other, and um, that's all that matters, regardless of all the outside noise and whatever anybody else has to say, it doesn't really change anything that goes on inside our building.
1: There you go. Does that bring back some memories or what? And we're going back to 2016. I like the dude uh, nascar his way to be the biggest star. <laughs> he, he does go at NASCAR speed sometimes, and he causes some wrecks into the turns. There's no doubt about it. But what about the criticism of Russ? Because the Lakers right now, nine seed in the West, Brandon.
4: Yeah, and, and this is just what – I love the clip, by the way. Uh, it really does bring back memories. The thing with me is, you know, everybody just – Russ just always seems to be a scapegoat. You know, he had that 4-for-20 game, but before that, he had a 30-point game, 12-for-20, the, the Lakers still lost. Before that, 10 of 20, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. They still lost. Before that, 9 of 19, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. They still lost. And Yeah, he's got turnovers, 4 He's averaging like 4.5 turnovers, but he's also averaging over eight assists. LeBron himself is averaging just one less turnover per game and a couple less assists. So to me, that's a wash. Uh, I feel like Anthony Davis has, has been worse than Russ. It just Russ is always just a scapegoat. You know, there's going to be bad Russ. We know that. There's good Russ. There's bad Russ. You take the good with the bad. The good usually outweighs the bad. I just you know when you look at his numbers this year, he's he's having a great year. About 20 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and his actual effective shooting percentage is one of the highest of his career and a couple points higher than his career average. So I just don't think that you can pinpoint Russ and blame him. He's the reason. I think the Lakers have a lot of issues. Some of Russ's issues are part of those issues, but I don't think he's the reason why why they've been so bad.
1: Does it feel like the two most polarizing players right now in the NBA and in the NFL are Russell Westbrook and Baker Mayfield? I mean – and the most polarizing coach in college football is Shoe now. I mean, yeah. here in the state of Oklahoma, we just create controversy, and uh, it's amazing sometimes in our little part of the world how much, you know, and obviously bringing the NBA to OKC changed everything, but uh, we, have, we have some lightning rods that either were in Oklahoma City or in Norman or whatever, but it, it's kind of crazy. So you got to be happy with your Dallas Cowboys
4: oh i'm loving it uh clinch the nfc east they can actually still uh get the number one seed get the bye week if if the vikings can just beat the packers and aaron Rodgers, who've just been skating by with some wins yeah my my cowboys are looking really really good I'm, i'm pretty excited about it it's about time
1: brandon i appreciate you and uh we will have you back next week and i hope you have a great new year
4: Absolutely. Happy New Year, guys. Appreciate
1: it. Brandon dot DailyThunder.com, joining us here on the Ref Radio Network. On a Tuesday, the home of Sooner fans, Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Thank you again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, great Sooner, great company, for sponsoring our first hour. When we get back, we will update uh, the bowl picture and uh, tell you why you should be. Planning your New Year's Eve celebration for Riverwind Casino because they got a big promotion happening. We got that more on the way right here on the ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans, the ref sports radio network.
1: All right, the uh, Sooners will be trying to bring it on home, an Alamo Bowl of victory against the Oregon Ducks tomorrow night, 8-15, and we'll have uh, all the insight you need. Brilliant minds around here, except for mine, of course, uh, here on the ref. Mine's semi-brilliant. Everybody is they're brilliant. So, uh, thanks to Brandon Rabar for coming on with us, DailyThunder.com. Always does a great job, and we just find out again that now Oklahoma City Thunder coach Mark Dagnault. And Josh Giddy went into protocol today as well. Just went in. So the Thunder down the head coach, Josh Giddy, Darius Baisley, Trey Mann, Poku, and JRE, Jeremiah Robinson Earl for tonight's game against Sacramento. And Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald in his sixth season now, Parker, in Sacramento. And uh, he is shooting at 37% from three this year, Sacramento 13 and 21. Nine o'clock tip time on Valley Sports Oklahoma. You know, there was thought that Buddy Heald would have been the perfect piece for the Lakers instead of Russell Westbrook. And I that- bet
2: the Lakers are having some, well, I guess, I guess you would call it buyer's remorse, but definitely some second thoughts about bringing in Russell Westbrook over Buddy Heald because I agree with you. Like, you put Buddy Heald on Lakers, that's a team that's winning a title.
1: Russ Russell is, Westbrook on the
2: Lakers? Is just.
1: He's just one of those guys. He's tremendously talented, great athlete. He does play as hard as anyone in the NBA, but sometimes the team concept doesn't quite register with Russ. No, it does not. And that was kind of like Allen Iverson to an extent. Uh, great individual player, and I know we got to the finals one year, but um, I don't know, those two are a lot alike. To me, I would love to see Russ win a ring. I would love to see it. My dream scenario would be and look, I'm not a Lakers fan, but to see Russ take down Kevin Durant in the NBA Finals would have been great, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, again, Mark Dagnall and Josh Giddy also going into the COVID protocol. So, Oklahoma City uh, with five players and a head coach out for tonight's game in Sacramento. I was talking about what to do on New Year's Eve. You know, your one-stop shop to go win some money, eat well, you know, uh, if you want to get your drink on, you know, be responsible, obviously. And by the way, Riverwind Casino has a world-class hotel right there, right there, right by the casino. And it is big time. And they have the red carpet rollout happening that will be this Friday on New Year's Eve from 6 to 11.30 is the drawing. Hopefully, you know, on the great Friday promotions, if you play with your wild card, get a few points on your wild card, you can get five times the entries for every five points on your wild card for these drawings on Friday night. And this happens to be the biggest one, the $100,000 red carpet rollout. Three patrons' names drawn out every half hour between 6 and 11.30 p.m. And then just before midnight, this time they have four grand prize winners will be selected when. in cash and $2,000 in bonus play. Actually, they're giving away $2,022 for 2022, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a nice touch. And then they also have a grand prize winner who's going to be selected to win $20,220 in cash and bonus play plus. $5,000 5000 uh in bonus play, actually, two hundred twenty thousand two twenty thousand two hundred twenty dollars in cash, $5,000 in bonus play, plus any unclaimed cash. So Riverwind, they do everything first class over there. Go have a great meal at uh, Chips and Ales or the River Buffet or the Seasons Food Court. If you want to stay, you know, if you really want to party it up on New Year's Eve, the hotel's right there. It's a world-class hotel, great casino, great entertainment, great promotions, Great service there as always. Spin your New Year's Eve, bring in the new year at Riverwind. So, um, are you? You you don't look very excited now about your trip. It seems like there's. A I mean, concern.
2: Well, it's, I just get this way when I'm. When a long drive is on the horizon, I'm just like, I'm really going to have to do this. Do you have an because, energy
1: drink handy? Because I can give you part of my Triton mango fruit punch.
2: Oh, boy. That's kind of intimidating. I have a, uh, I have a naked smoothie in the fridge in the back that I'm going to grab on my way out the door. So that's more my speed than energy. I've never been an energy drinks guy.
1: Well, there's good stuff in there, I'm sure. I'm not sure what it is. Do you know what uh, theonine is? Um, it also has... Beta, beta tone or something like that. I mean, this is stuff that surely is good for you, right? I mean, I have no idea (laughs) what it'll surely keep you awake. It well, it says equivalent to two cups of coffee. Oh wow! So, well, the old man, I'd be asleep right now if I didn't have this in my system. So, you know, the inevitable crash comes a little bit later. But, and I've got to take another one for my stream coming up at three to five.
2: Yeah. See, I've never. I've tried to stay away from caffeine. Since I reached adulthood. I got to college and I was just, I was just like, caffeine is way too accessible. Mm-hmm. I got to wean myself off of it. And you so should have gone
1: to BYU. They don't allow caffeine. <laughs> Honestly, Mormon school would have been perfect for me. I don't, I don't think I could exist without caffeine. It's like the oil for the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. That's my oil, pretty much. So, anyway. All right, first hour in the books. Thank you. Thank you, Tim Lasher. Lasher, Home Comfort Systems. Great, great company. Great former Sooner. They've done some work for us at Shea Stadium. They do a tremendous job. That is a rock and roll classic taking us into the top of the hour break. One more hour to go. TJ Eckert at 135 coming up here on The Ref.
0: It's time for The Steelman and Soon at Noon. With Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the Law Offices of Rod Poulston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Let's jump straight into our number two, ladies and
1: gentlemen. Here on a Tuesday, we're presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley. Here on uh, hour number two, Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Houston and Auburn playing right now on the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. And uh, Dana Holgerson of the Cougars still lead, but Auburn just put a field goal on the board, ten to six in the third quarter. About twelve minutes left in the third quarter, we have uh, Air Force and Louisville. 215 today on ESPN, uh, the uh, Falcons and the Cardinals going at it. Mike Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs take on his old school Texas Tech in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 5:45 on ESPN. A Fox Bowl game tonight at 7, UCLA and North Carolina States will go at it in uh, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. And then West Virginia and Minnesota Nine fifteen, ESPN, West Virginia, Minnesota, in Phoenix, in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. So five bowl games today. All right, uh, MVP of the press conference today with the Alamo Bowl head coaches, Jason Kersey of the Athletic, asking Bob Stoops this question about a possible post game celebration. In recent years, we've seen bowl uh, bulls douse coats. Oh, sorry, sorry. We've seen Bulls douse coaches and mayonnaise, cheez etc. et cetera. I'm wondering what you would think about a tequila bath, specifically a rock-and-roll tequila bath. <laughs> uh, that'd be okay. <laughs> what, what's the administration going to do, fire me? <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, uh, I'll be sending Brian some when the game's over. <laughs> some rock-and-roll tequila. That's funny. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Rocking and rolling, the Sooners are ready for tomorrow night at eight fifteen, and the uh, highly anticipated. We thought it was going to be an eight-man football matchup between Oklahoma and Oregon, but it looks like there each side is going to have eleven players. Oregon was very much in question, it looked like, for a while. And they still have
2: a lot of guys missing. This should be a game that Oklahoma goes out and wins by double digits. Well, absolutely, especially if you consider that it's it's a little bit of deja vu, isn't it? Because Oklahoma was much in a similar situation last year in the Cotton Bowl when they were facing a very Florida, badly yeah. shorthanded Florida team. And they went out and took care of business and did so handily. They, they set records in that performance against the Gators. And so you would imagine that it'll be more of the same. It's just... It comes down, again, comes down to execution. All right,
1: it's always about execution, all right, at the end of the day. So that was the game in the postgame where we saw Dan Mullen's jerkiness go to another level. And he went even beyond that, and that's why he's no longer coaching at Florida. Kyle Trask threw what, four picks in that game? Three picks.
2: Three, Three picks, picks. And then he got benched. Well not I I guess it wasn't technically a benching, but I think Dan Mullen was just ultimately like, okay, let's uh let's not jeopardize your NFL future. We're losing this game. Go ahead and have a seat.
1: Caleb Williams is gonna play uh quite a bit, right? Will we see I mean I somebody was saying with an opinion on the game that well Caleb Williams may not, you know, play a whole lot in this why, game. Why the hell wouldn't he play a whole lot? I don't I, I I don't know. I was kind of like, what? Say say
2: what? You know? You think Caleb Williams decided to play in this bowl game so, so he, he could get play a couple like, series in play and play like two series. Then hop on the first flight out of San Antonio for Cabo or something? No, he's gonna play plenty. And if things go as we expect them to and Oklahoma starts to pull away in the second half, maybe you see Ralph Rucker, maybe you even see Ben Harris or Micah Bowens. Let's keep in mind we saw Tanner Schaefer. Michael Bowens,
1: man, there's another forgotten, kind of forgotten name right there. The Penn State transfer. Remember in the off season, whenever somebody comes through the portal, it's Wanya Morris, man, he's gonna be unbelievable. And oh well, they can use Micah Bowens in goal line situations to run. You know, he's a running quarterback. Nope.
2: By the way and nope. By the way, you remember who scored the first touchdown of the season for Oklahoma? It wasn't Micah Bowens, was it? No, it was was... Caleb in that goal line situation. It was Caleb. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So, no, Micah Bowens, man, he is, I mean, nobody really expected that he was going to see the field at Oklahoma. But I do
1: remember some people saying, well, maybe use him in goal line situations. Well, they had the perfect goal line quarterback in Caleb, right? Uh, And people didn't, I don't know, maybe they just didn't envision that in the offseason.
2: Michael Bowens will transfer somewhere and he'll get his chance to start. But I like this seemed for all the world to me. Like his tenure at Oklahoma, that was more of an opportunity for him to learn under Lincoln Riley for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mule Shoe, I'm sorry. I'll neck myself yeah, now. That's all right. It um, happens. But it was more just an opportunity for him to get a feel for Mule Shoe system, learn under somebody who's a well respected developer of quarterbacks and then probably go somewhere else because it he's going to take a red shirt this year, and he will have all four years of eligibility because he, it 2020 didn't cost him anything at like Penn State, and if he uses the red shirt in 2021, he goes somewhere next year. He's got all four years of eligibility.
1: Where would a guy like Micah Bowens end up? Like uh, Utah State or something like
2: that? Yeah, honestly, uh, somewhere like Utah State out in the Mountain West. Mountain West has produced some pretty good quarterbacks over the years. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Cale Gundy was
1: on the podium yesterday. I thought Cale did a really good job. He's been at Oklahoma forever and uh, is an excellent recruiter and was a, a guy that Brent Venables obviously wanted to keep on staff. And I think that was a very smart move. They worked on the uh, staff that Bob had, you know, when they won that national championship in 2000. So no real surprise there. But uh, Cale Gunny was asked at the presser yesterday, what was the regime change like when you got mule The
3: one thing I've learned through all this is, um, you know, there's not a perfect way for this to go down. There's not a perfect way for somebody to take a job and to leave a program or assistance to have to leave or, um, you know, there, there just really isn't, you know. And it's just um, – you know it's a part of it's it's part of the coaching career that that we have to go through you know that's like life or losing a family member or something it's difficult it's challenged it's how you know it continues to help you build and to grow and to learn you know I've never had a chance or an opportunity to to be a part of anything like this and and I've learned a lot I've really really learned a lot of things um you know very thankful for you know, all the guys that we had on our staff that aren't no longer with us. I mean, everybody that was a part of our staff, they poured everything into the University of Oklahoma. They worked their butt off. It's, it's been different now. But, again, you know, these, these these men like to play football, you know, and the best thing they want to do is get out there on that field and they want to play football.
1: There needs to be uh, – I, I think the state of Oklahoma now has two 30-30s that are coming in the future. Uh, Duran departing. And what happened to the Thunder? You know, KD leaving 30-for-30 when you had uh, KD, Russ, and James Harden all on the same team and how you don't win a championship and how you don't keep that group together. There's one. the other one is just simply entitled Mule Shoot. (laughs) And it's a 30-for-30, and it's just from the day that, oh, you got Mule Shoot on that Sunday morning – until Brent Venables arrived on the plane, what all went down?
2: I see. This is the kind of thing that I would love to be made now, but I think it would be much better if this were made a decade down the road. Once we see how Muleshoe, Muleshoe's tenure at mm-hmm. Oklahoma or at uh, USC winds up, and how, how much success Brent Venables has at Oklahoma, because no, it I
1: it needs to. I think it needs to, uh, to marinate for a while.
2: Yeah, I think the on-field outcome of this trade-off for the Sooners is going to be probably the most intriguing storyline of the next five to 10 seasons, because you know, every single Oklahoma fan, you know, if you're, if you're the type of person that has the ESPN app and you set your notifications, right? Every single Oklahoma fan that's doing that for the Sooners is going to start doing that for USC too, because they're going to, they're going to follow that program and all of its inner machinations. Mm Mm-hmm with a ton of attention to detail.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt. Do you think there's any chance that Mule Shoe could get fired on the tarmac like Lane Kiffin one day? That was a Pat Hayden production, by the way. That would be kind of poetic. What would be the most poetic way for Mule Shoe to get fired at Southern Cal? Hmm. (laughs) Like, who is it? Is it Mike Bone? Is that the uh, AD, Mike Bone? Right.
2: Yes, well, here's here here would be the most poetic way for Mike Bone to fire. Let's Riley.
1: let's see if we're thinking on the same wavelength because
2: I, I think we may be. What would it be? Uh, for him to come out and say something in a press conference like, "We're not looking to make a change at head Boom, coach." Boom, that's it. And yes. then the next day, the day before Riley's out the door, Saturday. Bill, 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 let me interrupt you.
1: Lincoln Riley is not going to be fired, and then the next day, boom, gone.
2: Fired. How can how can he give himself an out though with a technicality like Muleshoe did? That's what we got to think about here. Yeah,
1: help us out. How on the does how does he too.
2: phrase that so that he doesn't confirm or deny that he's making a change, but he makes it sound as though. Mule Shoe is staying.
1: Maybe we just, we don't make this a 30 for 30. We make this into a TV movie. We make this into a movie. Mule Shoe, the motion picture. Who plays the roles? Who's Lincoln Riley? I mean, who's Mule Shoe? Who is uh, Brent Venables? Who's Joe C? Who are the actors? How are you casting Mule shoot the motion picture.
2: Mm, okay.
1: Ah, that, that, that's going to like the text line. They'll take care of that. Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439.
2: How much physical resemblance do you want in the casting?
1: Um, you don't have to. I mean, you can't cast like, um, I, like um, who is the dude who played uh, Tyrion Lannister?
2: Who played who now? I don't know. It's... On Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I never watched Game of Thrones. Um, so that's, that's over. Quiet. Why am I drawing a
1: blank? Oh, my gosh. You can't cast him. You know the the small guy. Small guy? Yeah. There's... Peter Dinklage? Peter Dinklage, yes. You can't put him in as, like, Lincoln Riley. May- or maybe that would be a funny way to do it. We could do it as a comedy. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be walking around with an OU visor on. Uh, in very small dry fits, right? So, maybe we should go with Peter Dinklage. Yes, I don't know, but Mule Shoe the movie, who are you casting as the uh, the players in the movie? We'll give that some thought in the break. Yes, I like that. All right, Uh, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, sponsoring our second hour. Here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans, exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle from the uh, pros down at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Break time right here. T.J. Eckert coming up at 1.35. And we'll head to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line coming up next here on The Ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back. We have uh,
1: T.J. Eckert coming up. k 2 tv 135, uh, right here on the uh, law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma tax resolution line. All right, I, I've cast my movie, Mule Shoot, the motion picture. Let's hear it. Lincoln Riley will be playing. Well, let's start with the uh, bit players. The, okay. Uh, those who won't be up for awards. Clark Stroud is either played by uh, Crispin Glover or uh, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Alex Grinch. Uh, how about... Like Jason Statham. You know, he's a little more built than Alex Grinch, but he's got kind of that nearly bald look. Yeah, macho type of vibe. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Schmidt would be played by John Cena or Vin Diesel. Love that. Uh, Bob Stoops would be played by Kevin Costner. Oh, that, that, that is perfect. How about Joe Castiglione played by Paul Sorvino? Paul
2: Sorvino. Go ahead and Google him up. Okay, I'm going to have to. That name doesn't ring a bell.
1: Uh, and let's see. You've got Lincoln Riley played by Gary Busey. Or Mule Shoe played by Gary Busey. And uh, Brent Venables
2: played by Brad Pitt. See, I was going to go Brad Pitt for Venables, but I was like, see, I don't know if there's enough of a physical resemblance there. All right, so did you do any casting? No, I see. I don't know. May, may, the, perfect, the perfect guy to play Venables hasn't hit me yet. Yeah, well, let's see
1: what they say on the Air Comfort Solutions
2: text text line. Several listeners say Dennis Quaid as Bob Stoops. That is also acceptable. That's good. That's a good one. J.K. Simmons as Joe C. I like it. That that's pretty perfect. Uh, I like it. That's good. Okay. What else? (laughs) Matthew McConaughey as Mule Shoe.
1: Oh yes, Kenneth Weasley. Don't know where he's coming from. Maybe like uh, who else is weird like that? Like Nicholas Cage, maybe could be Mule Shoe. Will Ferrell as Stroud. I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, maybe uh, since he's Mini Me, since he's Mule Shoes Mini Me, maybe Peter Dinklage should play Clark Stroud. Oh, this is iconic. Air Comfort Solutions Tax Line. We are we are uh, casting the movie Mule Shoe, the motion picture. You liked uh, Kevin Costner for Bob Stoops, though. I
2: did. I mean, Dennis Quaid didn't cross my mind, but if you're going to have anybody Quaid's, play Bob Stoops, it's got to be Dennis Quaid. Dennis
1: Quaid is pretty good. Pretty good. Kevin
2: Costner. Those are the only two acceptable names.
1: You answers. know, and uh, Dennis Quaid just played, I told you we went to see the Kurt Warner movie because we were just looking to get out of the house um, Sunday. And Dennis Quaid played Dick Vermeil in that movie. So
2: uh but yeah, he would be he would be a really good Bob Stoops. Patrick Dempsey as Brent Venables. That's what one of our listeners said. Patrick
1: says. Dempsey's bald uh, Wait, wait, no, no, no. Okay, yes. I was thinking about okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not bad. You just dye his hair a little brownish, maybe. hmm Yeah. It's not bad. I can get on board with it. You don't like uh who was uh
2: what was the suggestion
1: for Muleshoe Shoe
2: off the uh, text line? Because Oh, there were several. Um, John Cena. Somebody said John Cena is a perfect Venables. No, I just, I, I, I'm with you on this one, Steely. I think John Cena is the perfect Jerry Schmidt. Uh, Tom Hanks for Coach Stoops, a guy that you thought, man, he's really likable, and then all of a sudden he's devious. Perfect guy to play Mule Shoe is Howdy Doody. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Pee Wee Herman as Mule Shoe. Billy Bob Thornton as Mule Shoe. Billy Bob Thornton. Wow, how about that? Uh, I see my favorite. Uh... Oh, see now it disappeared. I was I'm scrolling through all these. J.K.
1: Simmons as Lincoln Riley is pretty good. No,
2: it's J.K. Simmons as uh, Joe C.
1: As Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe C. My bad. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Did you ever see Whiplash where he was the band instructor for a Miles Teller? Uh, character in that movie whiplash it's intense you should you should see that he was really good he won the oscar
2: for that i do like matthew mcconaughey as mule shoe the best so far but what about his texas roots i guess it doesn't matter no it really doesn't i mean that's because you got to think about this who are the viewers of the movie which will largely consist of sooner nation who are they going to detest just as much as they detest mule shoe Matthew what if you had
1: Quentin Tarantino directed? Then you could have uh, Samuel L. in, and he
2: could be like uh, Jamar Cain or something. <laughs> oh, man. I think Jamar Cain would be flattered if you told him he was going to get played in a movie by Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Who else was involved in this situation? The USC people, but I don't know. You know. Maybe Samuel L. plays Dennis Simmons. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. Oh, who plays
2: Roy Manning? Oh yes. Who Kevin Hart? One? The Kevin Hart perfect. <laughs> perfect Roy Manning. I'd love to see the movie iteration of Kevin Hart posting the hype videos to Twitter <laughs> as Roy Manning. <laughs> oh man. I, I think we've got a
1: winner. Who wants to direct us? Uh Owen Wilson as mule shoe. <laughs> Crooked nose and all. What about Luke Wilson as mule shoe? Oh man, there's.
2: Hmm, this is going to be tough to narrow down our options. Who here. plays Bill right Beedenbo? John C. Riley. Man, the only one that's the only one that we're not touching is J.K. Simmons as Josie because that's perfect.
1: I like that one. Now you got to cast a Bill Beedenbo character. Who's playing Bill Beedenbo? Who's playing Benny Wiley? If by oh yeah, that's a good one too. Kevin Hart could play Benny Wiley, too, but we got, we've already got him as Roy Manning. I know. Bill Biedenboe, if Chris Farley was still around, uh, he'd be a, he'd been a perfect Bill Biedenboe.
2: Rest in peace, Chris. We lost him far too soon. Uh, Joe Bill
1: Harris. You've got to have Joe Harris, too, to owe you president. Mm. Hmm. I do like the J.K. Simmons, though. That's an excellent casting. That's probably a casting director texting in. Terry Crews as Benny Wiley. Oh, yeah, okay. He's the guy from the Old Spice commercials. Is that the one? Yes, Yeah, yes, Okay, yes. that's good. I like that. I like that a lot.
2: <sighs> <laughs> Beavis and Butthead as Muleshoe and Grinch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, man. Then you got to cast Caleb Williams. He's going to play a big role in this. I know. Who's like the big, hot name, up-and-coming actor? That would be best suited to play Caleb Williams.
1: Michael B. Jordan, I don't know. He's not up and coming anymore, but. Um, and you gotta have Spencer Rattler cast too,
2: because there's that's part of the movie. Adam Sandler as Grinch, someone says. So Alex Grinch is
1: in like the bathtub. <laughs> Shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair. Conditional <laughs> is better. I go on silky and smooth. Uh,
2: Dana Carvey plays Joe Harris, similar to his George Bush skit with the chuckles after the one-liner. <laughs> that's pretty good. Not bad. Eric Stone Street for Beaten Bow. Okay, that's that's perfect. good. Yes. Thanks. Props to whoever texted that in. Very nice, man. This
1: movie is coming together. Who's gonna direct it? I like Scorsese, but he's gonna make it too long.
2: And if it's Tarantino, everybody dies somehow. Tar- well, p- people did die in this massacre. I mean. Kind of. Kevin James for Beatenbow. I like that. Not as much as I'd like Eric Stone Street. But No, they're
1: both good I think, suggestions. I think though. I'm
2: giving that role to Eric Stone Street. Clark Stroud could be like Neil Patrick Harris. Or <laughs> um, Okay, that That's good. That would be hilarious. Like the thing about Neil Patrick Harris is that he would make Clark, Clark Stroud's character not only watchable, but likable.
1: Yeah. Clark Stroud, has, uh, has he changed identities now? Is he like Walter White in Breaking Bad? And was he dealing with uh, Saul Goodman trying to get a complete change of identity, going to see the guy at the vacuum cleaner store? Because he's dropped off. The face of the earth, right? I mean, he's out there in L.A. somewhere. I don't know. All right, so we definitely have uh, J.K. Simmons for Joe C. And uh, Eric Stone Street for Bill Bedenboe. Carrot
2: Top as Spencer Rattler.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that is so wrong and so good. Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> you <kidding>? Oh man! <laughs> that it is wrong and great. At all of clearly, the Clearly, same...
2: clearly, this movie <laughs> needs to be directed by the Air Comfort Solutions text line because
1: carrot. They're they're
2: doing a far better job than we are.
1: Carrot top is Spencer Rattler. That's pretty good. I like it. Oh man! All right, you're gonna make me cry. I'm crying my own tears here. I don't cry my own tears. I'm like Ben Stiller in Dodgeball.
2: I don't bleed my own blood, and I don't cry my own tears. Oh, we gotta find some way to work Ben Stiller in too. Who's the most? Co- who's the character with the most comedic value in all of this? I wouldn't mind Ben Stiller as Clark. Starr. Yeah, I was just thinking that might be a good one, also. Um, golly, uh, th-
1: I'm now I'm I'm infatuated with casting this film. We got to make it
2: work. We have got to sell this to Hollywood. We can then again, then we got to
1: go out to Muleshoe Country
2: to sell this thing. We can come back on Monday, and we will have put together a full casting list. Great we will top. have we will have the movie fully cast. <laughs> All right, we're going to break right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you, Seth
1: Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley, Exit 72, for a great deal on a car or a truck from Seth Wadley. We are coming back. We'll talk a little. Uh, Alamo Bowl and Fiesta Bowl and more with TJ Eckert, KTUL TV in Tulsa. That's next, right here on the home of Sooner fans. It is the Ref Radio Network.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. From the National Highway Traffic Safety
2: Administration.
1: All right, we are back. TJ Eckert coming up here in uh, one minute. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you here on the home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. I also we got to throw in uh, Viola Davis as
2: uh, the Pole Assassin and Gia the Monkey as Gia the Monkey. By the way, I think we do have a better Roy Manning than Kevin Hart. I am I am relocating Kevin Hart's place in this cast. I'm going to make him Benny Wiley now.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: and Roy Manning will be played by Chris Rock.
1: There you go, that's a good one too I like it uh, Man, the text line, they are casting Mule Shoe the uh, motion picture for us And uh, some of them I feel like there's a perfect Clark Stroud Out there somewhere That we haven't identified yet
2: I, 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 th- I still think it's Ben Stiller
1: Ben Stiller's gonna, yeah I guess but Can Ben Stiller's gotta wear the glasses I mean you've got, Ben Stiller could be a good Clark Stroud yeah. Kate
2: McKinnon as Annie Hanson <laughs> oh these are these are some pretty fantastic okay okay this might be your best clark Strat right here okay rain wilson ah that's not bad That's not bad
1: not bad at all i still feel like there's one out there though i just feel like we can cash that one to perfection all right, let's bring in T.J. Acker, ladies and gentlemen, KTUL-TV sports director in Tulsa. T.J., we're just uh, having fun. We're, we're trying to cast Mule Shoe, the motion picture, and uh, what actors would play uh, the particular characters. And uh, what do we have? You you like J.K. Simmons again for Joe Castiglione. We had somebody who suggested Carrot Top for Spencer Rattler.
5: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Are these listeners' responses? These are—they're uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So we're—we're going to pitch this to Hollywood.
2: Now we're going to have to go out there, of course. It's going to be a big budget
0: it, as well. Yeah, we're going
2: to pay all these superstar actors. I mean, going to have to be some financial I, I, investment. I love right? it. You and I, like, I uh,
1: as as co-directors, will be on the red carpet posing with. Uh, I'll be po- well. Shay will always be with me on the red carpet. You'll have somebody, some babe of your choice. Once you make all these millions. With the way they're I love casting it. I, this, so.
5: I like uh, I like I like Ben Stiller. As Clark Stroud's a good one, but I, I only want him to be uh, the Ben Stiller from Happy Gilmore.
1: Yeah, the I, uh,
5: the uh, the, uh, the retirement home. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: You could trouble me for a warm glass of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good, and uh, he's got to, We've got to incorporate the Friday, you know, in the SUV. Videos into that. Maybe that could be like a yeah. scene changer or something every time. All right. Uh, so, what are you thinking? Um, scale of one to ten. How excited are you for the Alamo Bowl? Scale of one to ten. How pumped are you for the Fiesta Bowl?
5: Well, I think the, the Bob Stoops stuff is really the, the big storyline for me for the Alamo Bowl. So that one that one's piqued my interest just because I like that storyline. So we'll call that a uh, we'll call that like a, a seven. Seven and a half, and then yeah, the Fiesta Bowl. I'll be there for the station, and so I, I, I'm looking forward to the trip. I've heard good things uh, about the media accommodations for uh, the Fiesta Bowl. I hear they do it upright. So, do you get really, a PS5? That, that, uh, I don't know. I have not heard that yet. I need to uh, inquire. You know, at the uh, the playoffs a couple of years ago, we got that Bluetooth speaker. I think in Atlanta or Miami.
2: Yeah, so, that's no, if right. This is
5: going to apply here. I don't know.
2: Yeah, Miami it was a quarter zip and then Atlanta it was yeah, it was the little Bluetooth speaker. I still have that That's sitting right. around somewhere in my in my apartment. But uh yeah, I mean hey, all the all the players are getting PS fives out there at the Fiesta Bowl, so I would hope the accommodations aren't too significantly diminished for Members of the media, Surely but uh, we, we shall see. Now, TJ, obviously you talked about the Bob Stoops situation. I think that's the storyline that everybody uh, is most excited to see how that plays out in the Alamo Bowl tomorrow night, but not far behind. And I think the storyline that will take precedence over the week, week and a half thereafter is whether or not Caleb Williams stays in Norman, Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. elects to return to play for Brent Venables because there's plenty of noise out there that maybe he takes a look in the transfer portal when, season, or when the season ends. And so as you kind of look at that situation, you evaluate the options that could be on the table for Caleb Williams in the transfer portal. You think it makes more sense for him to stay, or you think it makes more sense for him to at least explore the options that will be available to him should he elect to enter the portal?
5: You know, when you explore his options, like he like, like he has the opportunity to do, if he chooses to, he, he can really go just about anywhere anywhere he wants. And so, I, I wouldn't excuse me, I wouldn't think it'd be a bad thing for him to, to look at those options. I, I, you know, he can really, like I said, he can go anywhere he wants. He's going to be the top prize in the portal, really, for for any school. I would imagine. So, I, I don't blame him for that. I do think it's a good situation going on in Norman. I think I really like what Jeff Levy does on offense. I like his scheme. Uh, I like how it, it, it's a quarterback-friendly scheme, which I think that, that Williams would appreciate. I think I like what comes back to Norman for the most part uh, in terms of current roster guys. And, of course, we'll see what happens with uh, other portal additions or, or future recruiting class ads. But, uh, you know, I think there's no debating that he would be the guy anywhere he goes, but he's also clearly the most prized possession for Brent Venables and this staff. So th- there's something to that as well. I'm being familiar with the campus familiar with your surroundings and, and your teammates depending on who all stays so while i wouldn't blame him for entering the portal and keeping his options open i do think this is probably the best fit for him right now
1: how big uh, for you as you know a uh, young sports director in the business how big was the just the story of uh mule shoe leaving to the higher brent venables to uh, this whole situation with oklahoma football uh, has it been the biggest story for you so far with the way you've covered it and just the uh, the notoriety surrounding all this stuff?
5: Yeah, absolutely. yeah we haven't had anything bigger happen i wasn't uh, I wasn't working in t v yet when k d left, but uh, I know that was a, a really big deal. I was uh interning at a station in Oklahoma City actually when it happened and they 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 played it up really big so but for us for me, yeah, this has been the biggest story i was we were leading almost every show. Uh, for most of that week honestly and by every show i mean our four o'clock our five o'clock our six o'clock even our 10 o'clock too so uh, it, it was huge and then of course we were there um, when venables got hired and uh, we we're on top of all those shows as well in terms of our coverage and so it, this is there's been nothing like what has gone on uh through the past couple weeks here for for the sooners and, and it's been a lot of fun too i mean i, I it sucked whenever he left uh, but the the search was fun and enjoyable i know. Uh, Parker, you were, you were pretty big on social media doing the, doing the uh, whatever they call called, the groups on, on spaces on Twitter. I know you were all over that. I know, Steely, I enjoyed your commentary. Uh, that was fun. So I know we, we were all up for long hours, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought it, it, honestly, it brought a lot of OU fans together, I think.
2: No doubt. And I think that was kind of the silver lining in all of this was that, you know, towards the end of the season – there were so many varying opinions on what this team was, what this team could be. And mm-hmm. so many people were at odds with their opinions on Oklahoma football. And then all of a sudden, boom, you wake up one Sunday and your head coach, the guy that you figured was going to be uh, helming the program for years and years to come is all of a sudden out the door. And it really united the fan base. I think in a way that uh, I I don't want to say it was needed, because I don't know if that's the case. Obviously, everybody's going to have different points of view and different perspectives, but uh, I do think it provided a cool opportunity for everybody within the Sooner fan base to kind of rally together, and I tell you what, they have, they have ratioed Mule Shoe off the face of the earth on social media. Is he ever going to be able to tweet yeah, again, have. TJ? <laughs> you know, it's been so funny. There's been a
5: couple tweets. I know of one in particular, and maybe it's been more than that, where he's had to turn off his comments which I think is just hilarious. I, that's just, you know, OU fans are just getting all up in there, and uh, it, it really does make me laugh. And, and as you mentioned, I don't know, I, he won't be able to say anything without OU fans getting in the comments, whether, that, whether we're being petty or, or it's too much, I don't know, probably not. I think it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, he, he can't really tweet anything without there being that, that one picture of all the girls holding the solo cups, uh, staring at the camera. That, that picture floods every tweet that he posts now
1: no doubt about it absolutely all right uh so tj you're a big golf guy uh, when do you predict charlie woods wins his first major at what age and where will it be it's got to be augusta right
5: well he's i saw i think it was Riggs from from foreplay tweeted out a, a leaderboard from the uh like a youth tournament the pga national holiday classic or something he was like tied for six so uh i'm a little worried about the uh, expectations becoming too much for a young charlie woods at this point. But. Uh, no, he's the dude's a stud, man. That was so much fun to see. Uh him hitting some pretty big time shots and some big time moments. Uh the I, you know, I don't want to dissect the game too much, but it's really improved from last year's PNC to this year's PNC. He looked really impressive. So he'll be he'll be on tour pretty soon. Obviously he's got probably what, four or five more years left of he got the high school golf he's gotta go through and then I'm sure if he continues on this trajectory he could probably leap right to the tour. Um, so yeah, he's gonna he'll win a major before he's what? 21 that seems fair
1: to say doesn't it oh absolutely i mean he might win as an amateur at augusta right you never know <laughs> if he gets the invite uh I do what? you know what uh you need uh alan bratton and uh and ryan hibble you know offer offer him now you gotta offer him now right yeah. i mean Let's i'm sure it. he probably has been offered now would be my guess but i don't know it's, it's it was saw, fun to watch
5: I saw someone ask you if they think that he's gotten to play Augusta yet with his dad. Do you
1: think he's done that? Mm, I don't know. Good question. That's a really good question. My guess would be no, but so. it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock yeah. me. Now, if Tiger gets yeah. back, I mean, I did. Charlie was out there. Charlie and Sam, didn't they both caddy for him at one point? So maybe he has. Uh, may uh, maybe. Right. Maybe he has. Maybe he has, so. Good stuff. All right, uh, so Philip Montgomery, before we let you go, uh, kind of closed out the season in impressive fashion. So it looked like uh, maybe the job might be on the line there for a little bit, but he came back and, and rallied.
5: Yeah, you know, when you open your season with a loss to an FCS opponent like UC Davis, your, your job becomes in question pretty soon. And, and they, were, well, they had to win out to become bowl eligible. And so for them to be able to do that – uh, picked up some nice wins there down the stretch, and then you know Old Dominion was was not not much, but you know you win a bowl game, and so you kind of you kind of quiet the the noise a little bit there. Uh, I, I do think he 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 needs to continue to to you know bring this program up because you know he had that stretch going what two and ten, three and nine, four and eight there for back to back to back seasons. You bring in Zayvon Collins, and you have a good year, uh, and and this this year did not look like it was going the right direction. So thankfully they finished on a high note. Uh, I'd like to see them continue to improve, though. I, I'm a really big Philip Montgomery fan. I don't know how much you got to talk to him while you're up here. I, I, I think I think you were a pretty good fan of his, and I, and yeah. I am, too. He's a great guy. Um, I, I love getting to talk with him. And so I, I don't, we don't tend to try and root for people in media, but he's a guy I would root for. I, I really enjoy getting to work with him. So hopefully he keeps this program going the right direction.
1: TJ, it's always great to catch up with you. We, uh, we will do it again soon. Thank you so much. You bet, guys. Good stuff. Talk to you soon. T.J. Ecker joining us here on the uh,
2: Law Offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma uh, Tax Resolution Line. You know who could play Mule Shoe really, really well, I think? Who? And this was a suggestion made on the Air Comfort Resolution Tax Line. Jim Parsons. Yeah,
1: I mean, if he is very, you you know, you can't take the nerd image away from him, though. But That's he might, probably yeah. true, but yeah. He might. I had one Bradley Cooper for or Brent Venables.
2: I like that. Uh, Paul Giamatti for Clark Stroud. Mm. I'm still I'm still rolling with Ben Stiller. We'll get the full cast ironed out over the weekend, and uh, we'll have it for you on Monday. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, uh, we're going to take a break right here, and uh, I've got more rolling
1: in on Twitter and more on the text line, so we'll get some more of those. Andy Dick for Clark Stroud. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres as Shoe. J.B. Smoove as uh, Benny Wiley. Neil McDonough for Shoe, And uh, The Rock for Jerry Schmidt. Ed Harris, Joe C., says our man Harry. All right, they're still casting the film. We'll take a break right here. Come back one last segment here on your Tuesday. Stay with us here on The Ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
2: 634 today.
1: All right, welcome back. These uh, suggestions just won't stop. Appreciate them all. Rolling in on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions Tax line 405. Six five one thirty four thirty nine, 3439. And uh, I'm sure you're getting tweets as well. Some pretty good ones. How about uh, Chaz Palmentary as Joe C. Chaz Palmentary? John Goodman as Bill Beatonbow. Hmm, not bad. By the way, uh, college football—we got a bowl game happening right now. Auburn is taking the lead; they've outscored Houston ten to nothing in uh, the third quarter. They're now in the fourth quarter, a little over nine minutes left. The Auburn Tigers lead the Houston Cougars thirteen to ten. Still to come at two fifteen, Air Force and Louisville playing in the uh, Serve Pro First Responders Bowl in Dallas. Uh, Mike Leach and Mississippi State take on his old school Texas Tech in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl at 6.45 tonight on ESPN. A game on Fox at 7 o'clock, UCLA and North Carolina State. Out in Hranry at Petco Park as they play in the uh, Holiday Bowl. And then at 9.15 on ESPN tonight, another Big 12 team in action, West Virginia taking on Minnesota in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix. Got any more uh, texts rolling in? 405 651 3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line.
2: Steven Spielberg or Ron Howard for director.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, Jane Fonda as Benny Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? Workout videos. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chad Michael Murray as Mule Shoe. Mm, okay. Tom Cruise as Bob Stoops. I don't know if Tom Cruise is old enough. Yeah, I feel like you gotta have li- somebody I a little really bit more like, grizzled.
1: I like Dennis Quaid as Bob Stoops, or Kevin Costner as can't Bob go Stoops. wrong between
2: Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner. Those two might be the two best actors in the history of sports movies. They're they're both pretty
1: good. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh oh, you got a good one, <laughs> Francis the Talking Mule for Mule Shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's pretty good. Pretty,
1: pretty good. Okay. Uh, so what do we have going tonight? We told you about the bowl games. Uh, the Thunder will be playing in Sacramento tonight. We now know that Oklahoma City is going to be without Mark Dagnall. Their head coach, Josh Giddy is also in COVID protocols. We found out about that uh, just a couple of hours ago. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is out. You also have uh, Poku out, Darius Baisley, Trey Mann all out. So Five players and a head coach out. Yeah, here's a scene from the movie. Mule shoe the motion the motion picture. There
0: we go.
1: I like it. I like it. So uh you ready for your drive? Are you in the right frame of mind? Do you need uh, some firing up? Do we, should we play some Rocky music
2: or Eye of the Tiger or, you know, what? Yeah. I've become accustomed to lots of time on the road, so I, I like to think at least that I'll be uh, I'll be ready to hit it and roll into San Antonio about, uh, shoot, I guess it depends on traffic. But yeah. hopefully I'm not in the car for more than seven hours. Seven hours is about where I start to check out mentally. I hear you. All right,
1: uh, we got to check out, head on out. <clears throat> Pardon me. Wow, that came out of nowhere. Riverwind Casino on New Year's Eve. That should be your game plan, ladies and gentlemen, because you can win a bunch of money $100,000 in cash and bonus play that are given away during the drawing for the $100,000 red carpet rollouts. So roll on out to Riverwind. Win your share of that $100,000 in cash and bonus play. They have four grand prize winners. They'll draw out just before midnight. You can eat well, of course, as always at Riverwind, the River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, the Seasons Food Court. And if you're thinking, you know what, I, I really want to get my New Year's Eve party on. They've got a world-class hotel right there. The hotel is unbelievable, and uh, so is Riverwind. So put that in your New Year's Eve Planner. $100,000 red carpet rollout at Riverwind. You'll have a great time. We got The Rush coming up next. Parker, be safe. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great
0: Tuesday.